an honor for me to have my friend Milton Harding with us today. Um, Milton works with me at the SBC of Virginia. I should say that we work. What we really do is sit around and talk most of the time when we're in meetings. We end up, we tend to end up in a corner somewhere talking through uh, kind of our life in Christ and, and what it is to, to be a pastor, what it is to be a leader. He's been a great encouragement to me over the past year, um, and, uh, and I'm excited for you to hear from him. He has a compelling testimony. I've asked him to come and proclaim from God's Word today because we are about... People being people of the word. Uh, we are changed by the word, transformed by the word, shaped by the word, and we live by the word. So I'm going to pray for him as he comes today. Um, and I pray that you will, as you listen so well, and I brag on you guys all the time, I know you'll do the same as Milton preaches today. Let's pray. Father, I pray today for Milton. I pray that as he comes, Lord, that you would uh, open our hearts to hear from your word, or not just to hear his words but to hear from you. Lord, we need to be transformed and changed. We do not want to stay the same. So we need you today. And we ask you by your Spirit to speak truth into our lives and to make us new. Make us more like Christ today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Good morning, Old Power 10. Good gracious. It's been a long time coming. I don't know when we initially set this up, but... Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. But I'm finally here. Um, I am uh, glad to, uh, to be worshiping with you all this morning, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, uh, introduce you to my wonderful bride, who has been uh, certainly the, the spark uh, on my candle, if you will, for 35-plus years. Uh, my wife, Deborah Harding. Yeah, that's worth a hand clap. I uh, I never was one who thought I would ever be married because I was a heathen. I was a wicked guy. I was evil. I was a, uh, unsaved. I was, and just from the looks I'm getting there, you all don't know what I'm talking about. But I'll just keep right on plowing that ground. Yeah, I thought uh, cocaine could probably be my life's mate as well as pot and drinking and closing down bars and all of that kind of stuff, chasing women. Again, I can tell by your looks, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But. <laughs> But then came Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then came Jesus. And that's a game changer for me. And so uh, whenever I get the opportunity to proclaim the gospel, which transformed my life, it actually does change you. You cannot get Jesus Christ and remain the same. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so if you're here today and you say, I'm a Christian, but you have, your life has not changed, I don't mean that you start coming to church. Because when I was a little boy, I, we were taken to a little church just like this. I felt so at home when I walked in because um, this, is, this is what I've known. I didn't know Jesus, but I knew the church structure. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to make sure you all understand where I am. And so I grew up in an environment like that. It wasn't a, a gospel christ at home. It was an alcoholic, workaholic home and all of those things. And so, uh, But I do remember when I got saved, I do remember... Uh, us being taken to church or brought to church each Sunday. And uh, just a quick note, because I understand we have to be out here about three before we... So, <laughs> Can you say take whatever time I need? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so, so uh, put, tell them to put it on simmer back there. All right, so, so uh, as a little boy, I was the only one in our family who hadn't uh, begun to do something in the church, and it wasn't even on my radar until I was feeling the pressure. Uh, of doing something. And, uh, and so I looked around. I, I wasn't going to sing in the choir because that, that, that wasn't me. And, 
um, um, I just, what, what am I going to do? So I, when I looked around, I saw the ushers. Now, this has nothing to do with ushers here, but I'm saying I saw the ushers. And, uh, and, and I said, I looked them, and I would size them out. As a young man, I would size them out. They could come and go. Nobody ever asked them any questions. They could, they could be all over the church and not, and not have to sit in one place for the entire duration of time. And nobody asked him a thing. All they had to do was have that look like they were going to do something. And uh, I said, yeah, that's my kind of job right there. So, so this is the truth. So I said, okay. And then when the sermon started, they would always go out on the sidewalk, out on the steps, and have conversation. Nobody ever asked them because they were doing usher stuff. And so, and so I said, yeah, that's my kind of job. So I joined the ushers. Well, absolutely, I joined the ushers. Uh, but all for the wrong reason, I might add. Anyway, fast forward. Here God has provided in me a changed man. And I'm very, very thankful as we enter into this season of Thanksgiving. And I, I don't like this time of year, if you will. Um, I love it. And I have memories of it. And I still uh, uh, have the opportunities. Oh, in case you're wondering, yes, I am a black preacher. Yes, I do have. Yes, I do have a t- Easy now. Yes I, yes, I do have a towel. I do that because I'm a sweater by, by nature. This is just what I do. So don't anybody get all stressed out about this. That, like, for whatever myths have been serving your thoughts, don't get all wrapped around the axle. I'll just use it to wipe my sweater. Okay? Is that all right? All right. Good deal. They just got that out of the way. Uh, but you got one, too. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. It's always good to have a backup. So... So, but this time of year is mixed emotions for me because I never see Jesus Christ as a season, as a season or a day or two or three for Thanksgiving. If we really understand who He is and why we even sit in this place right now, there's a lot of there are a lot of places any one of us in this building could be, other than in this church today. Some of us may not even still be breathing. Some of us may not even know the Lord Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, we're here today. And I said, so why did the Spirit of God bring you into this place and this season, this time that we call Thanksgiving? And we can't depend on the culture to, uh, to set that up for us because we enter into a national celebration of this time which has a very secular context. In fact, um, Thanksgiving, if you stay with the, the narrative, Thanksgiving has basically been reduced to Black Friday. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you, let me come preach to you because you, 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 you feel me. You get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so Thanksgiving has been almost reduced to Black Friday, and we're waiting for those coupons to hit our email bins. And, and we've already begun to set up our, our trips to and what time we're going to – does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that in itself is not, I mean, that's not wicked and evil because I think it also can happen. It can help with the stewardship, okay? But that, don't play that card. Don't just play the stewardship card, you know, that, I'm, boy, I'm, I'm getting a deal. <laughs> but understand it was the God of the universe that made it possible for us to, if you're breathing in here this morning, that made it possible for us to be in here this morning. Yeah, it was him and him alone. So if you have your Bibles, and you should, because you're in the house of the Lord. If we had a basketball game, I would say have a basketball. And if we're, uh, yeah, okay, see, I, that's not so profound, but I appreciate that. No, that's good. 
Turn to, uh, turn to Ephesians. And, and, and this time of year, this is something we, we, we will all have things that we can be thankful for. Um, they can be moment, momentary things. But, but I believe that the God of the Bible, the one that the Holy Spirit uh, scripted, uh, takes us and wants us to be way past two or three days to celebrate um, this time of year. Uh, you know, I, I, I was talking to my wife, you know, just a few uh, weeks ago. Uh, we have this person that lives in our neighborhood um, that they just go bonkers when um, Halloween. Well, in fact, it's like a it's like Macy's department store out on the front lawn. I mean, they do the Halloween thing. We, we, we know what the holiday is just by riding past their lawns. Anybody know anybody? No, 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 no. And so, uh, but anyway, against the secular backdrop of what this time is, God has called us to a more intimate lifestyle of thanksgiving. And you also have to be wise and sensitive to the fact that uh, if you have children, and you don't even have to have children, you can see some large adults, uh, especially at the political level, but you can see some large adults living in this time and, and with a spirit of entitlement. Uh, and a, a spirit of expectation that they are owed something. It's okay to say amen. Don't say amen because I said it, but I mean, yeah, if, if you get what I'm saying. So, so we have to be very sensitive to that's what's being played out. So I think it's funny. It's like Martin Luther King celebration. This is when the nation is supposed to have a consciousness about how to treat everybody. So we stop for one day. <laughs> Brother, you get me. Okay, so you, you, hold on. <laughs> what do we do? And it's the same thing with Thanksgiving. I mean, we do we, and it's the same thing with Christmas. Jesus is birth, commemorating his birth, and then we, I mean, we look good for about a week, and then we don't even recognize ourselves after that. Listen, even coming here this morning, uh, as much as you should have been thankful about something, I'm sure that there was probably some ungratefulness in the mass of these people. Now, if you just look straight ahead, nobody's ever going to know I'm talking about you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> some, of the great, some of the greatest ministry goes on in the front seat of automobiles pulling up into the church parking lot. On some... <laughs> oh, yeah, this group is getting Yeah, 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 getting what I'm saying here. And I'm the type of guy, I, this is me and Jesus. I don't, I, once I got saved, my, I just went south. My wife will tell you. I mean, if anybody's got my testimony, it's her. Because I was a heathen when we met. I was a heathen. Do you all know what I mean when I say heathen? Yes. Okay, yeah. So I was a heathen. Now, here's the sad part about it. And the scary part about it, because some of you all sit right in here. I was a conservative heathen. <laughs> yeah, I was conservatively wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And conservative wicked just means that you weren't like ripping up the town, but you were still just as evil. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, so when God gave me a chance because of the word of God, because of Jesus dying on the cross and the gospel came and took root in me, it opened my eyes to, whew, the more I see him, the more I see me oh, and, and, and what he has done in me. And through me. Do you, do you, so that's a, that's a, that's a fruit of a changed life. You know, when you truly encounter Jesus Christ, it'll go way past coming to, Sunday, coming to church on Sunday morning. It'll be past that. You will be hanging off it like a deer panting over water. You'll warn him. You'll warn him. And if you, if you don't, 
develop your relationship with him in that way, man, you'll just go through the rudiments of religion and, and church and, and you never will get that moment when you can feel the warmth of God's breath in your midst and he's speaking to your heart and then stuff starts happening. You understand? I mean, I don't understand how we can keep in such a natural box a supernatural God. Good Lord. Are we talking about the sun and the moon that we think it's just hanging up there? Oh, Lord. And according to Isaiah, did I tell you where to turn in Ephesians? Okay, I will in a minute. Don't get ahead of me here. Don't get it. We'll, we'll get there, maybe. My Lord, we have the four o'clock. All right. T'was the God of the universe that hung the sun and the moon. He threw all the stars up there, of whom we are still trying to figure out how many are up there. If we leave it to NASA, they're still generating numbers. Um, but according to the book of Isaiah... Chapter 40, it says he was the one that put every star up there. And guess what he did? He named each one of them. And when he took roll call, the scripture says not one was missing. What manner of God is this? And so when we think we're taking a day or two to thank him, oh, no, it goes much, 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 way past that. This is the God who scooped up dirt. Dirt. Everyone say dirt with me so we get a perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the God who scooped up dirt. And then he... He blew holy breath in a clump of dirt. And if you look to your left and look to your right, you'll see what came as a result of a holy God doing just that. And so I think when we talk about Thanksgiving, we should really be centering in our focus on who God is and not what the things are we are to be thankful for. But... But to be thankful is a lifestyle. Gratitude is a lifestyle. I have always known this. But I'm living to learn, to learn it. And I'm living and learning to love it. Gratitude. It doesn't matter if the Redskins don't win. It doesn't mean that the whole NFL ought to be shut down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, boy, I must have touched some nerves in that deal. <laughs> Let's do this real quick. Let's go to Ephesians. Did I tell you where in Ephesians? No, We're going to look at uh, uh, look in chapter 1. But before we get there, I want to give you a little backdrop. Paul is the author of, uh, by the Holy Spirit who has written this letter uh, to the church at Ephesus. And uh, some think it was, it was a letter that was, should have been circulated through all of the churches there. But certainly in Ephesus, Paul is writing this letter. And, and in the first, I don't know, dozen uh, verses or so, he's really, really, in much better words, telling you what, what I've just told you, that our redemption, our salvation, that was authored by God Almighty himself. If we take a moment and think about that, why should God have saved any one of us in here? And Paul was saying, yeah, you know what? We, we got a good deal. We got a great deal. It was God who did this whole redemption thing according to the counsel of his will. He does everything according to the counsel of his will. Um, um, Brad said it earlier, and I want to say it again, because he's, he, he uh, identified you all as a church who enjoys the word, who loves the word. Don't move off of the word. Stay with the word. It is the word that sets you free. It's the word that transforms you. You've got to be in it and it in you for this intimate relationship that God so desires for all of us. And so, Paul is saying, man, and if anybody got it, Paul did. 
Paul did. This is a man who in Acts chapter 8 was killing Christians. He was killing Christians. He was trying to bring down the church single-handedly and had letters and, 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 and um, uh, writs, if you will, to do that. And you know, I think it's funny. He spent not one day in jail when he did that against the church of God. When he was being evil and wicked and conservative, conservatively uh, uh, a heathen, thinking that he was doing God's will, he was tearing down the church. Then he gets saved, and this man spends almost three-quarters of his life in jail. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because God has a, a balance about justice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me just say, was there a polygamy in the Old Testament? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that God's plan? No, 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 no. But I guarantee you, he always has a balance. He doesn't wink at sin. Anything against God's word is sin. Anything that is contrary to God's word, guess what? Even your political view means not if it's against God's word. Even if your racial perspective is, is against God, it's, it's all for naught. Even if your economical level in life with the wrong attitude is against God, all for naught. And so and so, Paul says how wonderful this thing is that God has done. How wonderful. He even emphasizes and, and what gets me excited about this little nugget in this passage is that Paul recognized in the church at Ephesus that the thing that, that really rocked his world in the tune of the gospel, he sees it in operation in Ephesus. And there's something about it, if you read his, his letters, the epistles, Paul gets pretty fired up when he sees the word of God in practice. He gets pretty fired up. So let's take a little look in, into that, and, uh, and we'll see where this goes. I'll pick up in verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that now you will speak to us, Lord, in ways in which we will not be able to deny it, Lord. I pray that as we hear your words, those who have ears to hear, Lord, would not only be hearers, but be doers uh, of your desire, of your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And so Paul, Paul enters into this place where he recognizes that this church that he birthed, if you will, that God used him to birth, uh, uh, is now flourishing, if you will. It is now manifesting Christ. Now, when I'm preached in this vein, I'll, I'll, I want to speak to the church at Powhatan. Paul was speaking to the church at Ephesus. But the message to us is, what is the church at Powhatan doing out here? It wasn't accidental. A lot of history here? Yeah, history's here, yeah. And you know right where you're sitting right now? Somebody heard the gospel and got saved. Yeah. Ooh, wee. The people up there, too. <laughs> There's a whole lot of people up there. I just saw it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway. 
within the confines of this church, there was ministry going on in the hearts of people, and people were getting saved. Right here where you are now. So it's not coincidental. So, so if this letter were coming, it would be coming to the church at Power 10. Oh, Power 10 Church. What is God speaking to his church today? So first we see, Paul says, having heard of your faith. I'm reading out, out of the New American Standard, but I saw ESV, and so I know I'm sure it's prominent because he does ESV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so the Holy Spirit is at work here. So, Having heard of your faith. Now listen, Paul was somewhere else. The word came to him that the people at Ephesus got it going on. Yeah, he was somewhere else and he heard of their testimony. Ooh, ooh. What if you were a member of Power Ten and you slipped down to Walmart and you were standing in the line and you heard people talking about the believers at Old Power Ten? That ought to be. Now, let me just suggest this to you that that's probably not going to happen if they don't know Power Ten's out here. That's an amen right there. That's, that's, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we had gotten way past that. Yeah, all right. But, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 it is hard to keep the church in operation. I'm talking about the ecclesia. I'm talking about you who are breathing, not the building. It's hard to keep that church contained when it's uh, regulated by the power of God Almighty. Remember the one I said that hung them in? He spoke them into existence. There was nothing. When you create something, you didn't make it. You created it, which meant that nothing existed for it to be there. That's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My God, I got to come back over here. Yeah. There's a dose of it right in here. Yeah. yeah. Don't y'all miss this. This is a dose of it. No, from his very essence, from God's very essence, he spoke the world into existence. Which means that the world, the what means that the worlds came out of him. Even when I spoke earlier about him blowing his breath, that very breath, this is going to shake some of you all up theologically, but the very breath that you're taking right now was God's breath. That's a holy breath in you. It means, it means that our whole identity is tied into that holy breath. Whoo, where do you think you got it? You didn't get it from the government. Man hadn't figured out how to create breath yet. <laughs> so, 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 so Paul is ecstatic. He says, having heard of your faith. One thing about faith, you cannot keep it quiet when you're practicing it. Because it just doesn't happen here on Sunday morning. It should be happening in the highways and byways of Powhatan, Virginia and, and the surrounding areas. I mean, that's just the way it should be. And you know what? Are you going to look odd and strange? Yes. Some of you look odd and strange anyway. It has nothing, <laughs> has nothing to do with the gospel. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm saying, in this back, in the culture we live in right now, you will be accused of being uh, insensitive. You will be accused of being a bigot. You will be accused of being a, a, a discriminator. You will be accused of all of those things. You will be accused, be accused of being an extremist, radical. All of those words will be associated with you. But if you live in Jesus Christ and that's all you're doing, that ain't a bad charge to have. Can I say ain't in here? I can say, yeah, I can say, I can say ain't in here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad charge. In fact, that's what they were hauling the disciples down, the apostles down to the jail like every day about. 
Because they were just being obedient to the Word and living their faith out in the culture. I thank God that you live it out in here. But, but, but everybody in here is saved. Okay. Okay, all right. So, so as long as you hear my heart. But, 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 but when faith is in operation, you can't deny it. Faith in operation has a fragrance. Just like hypocrisy has a fragrance. Yeah, 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 it does. I mean, you know, children don't have that little blockage stuff. <laughs> they just kind of call it like it is. Amen. Remember, <laughs> we, uh, we have all of our children are adult now, but we do have a little grandson. But remember when you're out in the, on the, in the uh, yard on, sun, on, on, on a summer day, and you're just out there playing, have a great time, and your little one-year-old or two-year-old, whatever that age gets to be, it's rolling by with just a diaper on, but they're playing, having a great time. Anybody getting this picture? And they, they roll by you one time there, and you go, whoa, wee. Whoa, 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 whoa. Johnny, come here and let, let Daddy change your diaper. Now, guess what? Little Johnny's playing. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even care, even if he knows. Yeah. He doesn't even care if he knows. He's just playing, having fun. And he will fight you if you try to change his diaper while he's in the midst, in the midst of having fun. Ah, such is the church. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Johnny say amen. Well, Johnny said amen. Yeah. No, that's the way we are as infants in the church. We do just that. We don't think that that fragrance of hypocrisy comes across. But it does. It has a smell. But it also, the smell of Jesus comes across too. Oh, Lord, when you minister forgiveness, when you minister the love of Christ because you've been saved, when you minister gentleness in, in restoring others, um, that has a fragrance to it as well. In fact, it's the thing that Paul says. But now, and, and if there's anyone, because then you understand, Paul took a lot of uh, behind weapons. I can say behind weapons. Paul took a lot of behind weapons. <laughs> yeah, he did. For the gospel. Yeah, beat him up. Beat this snot. Can I say snot? Yeah, beat, beat the snot out of him. Left him for dead. Out on the highways and byways of life. By the cause of the gospel. Who in the world would want to destroy an individual because they're sharing the gospel? And if you run into somebody like that, count it all joy, my friends. Oh, my Lord, count it all joy. Yeah, because if that's the only thing you got to hate me. Look, you can hate me because I'm black. I got no problem with that. But lock me up because I'm telling you about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Somebody, look, we're about to get excited here. We're about to get excited. So he says, having heard of your faith, having heard of your faith, our faith, the faith that exists here in Power, Old Powhatan, should be heard of out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't blame the world. Sometimes I don't know. I really want church people loving on me because they can be a... Let me go ahead and preach this thing. I don't mind you laughing. No, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. They can be a rough crowd to deal with sometimes. Amen? Amen. Oh, Lord, this is the place that we're telling the world, come in and get some unconditional love from Jesus. And, and how many of you all sit over here every Sunday on this side of the, of the pew? I mean, this is your home pew that you're making rent payments on. Right here. Yeah, yeah, right here. Okay. How many, how many of you all sit over here every Sunday? I mean, this is your section. Just like I find this to be true in a lot of churches, especially when they have that aisle right down the, uh, down the middle of the church. 
And I preach in a lot of those churches. Look, look, there's so many, you don't even, don't even know some of the people on the other side of the altar. And we're trying to reach out to the world. <laughs> we, we, we can't even reach across the aisle. Listen, I've been in, this is not my first rodeo. I've been in Christendom for quite a while in this whole role of God using me in ministry. And I'm saying, I see some stuff because I see it even in my own life. Listen, I have not always been this wonderful. I have not. It was the love of Jesus Christ that, that changed my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, he says, having heard of a faith. That faith that is in action. What is your testimony about Jesus which is causing others to hear about old power to him? Yeah, it should be. It shouldn't be this man walking out uh, as he comes and goes in highways and just him. And I've seen him from a distance and I've seen him up close. And I get the same man. In fact, when you get him, you get the whole family. That's the whole piece I love about it. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way households get, get set up in the same way. Listen, there are no perfect households in here. I get it. None. Not gonna, but there ought to be some house, households that are being perfected. You've got to play it, be plugged in to be perfected. Men say amen. amen. No, no, no. I'm going to have to have every man say amen. amen. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're responsible for those households that, that we bring to church uh, every Sunday. And we've got to be plugged in if we want them to be perfected as well. We've got to put more than just... Uh, chicken on the table. We got to put some water in the hut. Amen. We got to wash it. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so. He says, "This thing that God has given us is a blessing. This, this, this faith that God has given us. We didn't get it on our own. Is that worthy of thanksgiving?" I even like to change the terms because Thanksgiving has become so regimented and so culturized. I re- rather refer to it as giving thanks. I believe those two positions are different in today's culture. Now, you understand probably what I mean by it, but I'm saying when you're giving thanks, and giving thanks in what you choose, it isn't about what you think you need to give thanks for. Because here we have Paul. Paul, Paul is giving thanks for seeing the mother believers doing Jesus. Do you know how powerful that is for a man who's almost lost his life because of the gospel, but yet now he sees it working in Ephesus? And Ephesus wasn't a pretty place. I mean, it was the capital of idolatry, if you will. Yeah, idols flew out of there like it was no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so. So he says, having heard of the faith. And then in verse 13, he says, which is, exists among you. Evidence of Christ is, is in our midst. Not everybody in here are heathens. <laughs> well, yeah, you can do this when you preach. I mean, you can't just do this. Yeah. So, 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 not everyone. So, there are some in here who are actually truly practicing Jesus. And you'll know it. It exists here. And it, and it, and it, and it should permeate throughout this building. But here is a, here, here's a key in that verse. He says, I heard of the faith that exists among you and your love for the saints. Oh, that means that they were loving one another. That's a tough hurdle we have to cross in, I say Christendom, just because I want to be nice, but I'm in old power tan this morning. Yeah, loving one another. Well, you just don't know what Betty Sue did to me. You have no idea. Yeah, well, Deacon, Deacon Smith, I mean, he was just pretty rude. I can't love that man. And let me paraphrase that. Let me translate that for you for those of you who would get caught up in that. It says, what you're really saying is, I won't love him. 
Because we already have the command to, to love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we say we, we won't, that means we just, yeah, we just disobeyed God. And if we say we can't, we just told God he's alive. Basically, that thing, love, is important. I didn't bring her. I love when my wife comes. Because when I'm preaching like this or when I'm preaching whatever, she's, she's the testimony for you all. I mean, she's the one that can say, oh, no, he didn't call that right. <laughs> so uh, I, told her, I told the church a couple of weeks ago, I said, my wife, she wasn't with me then, but I think I could get this right on a report card. My wife has, has, has the greatest husband on the universe. <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't at that service, but but um, I, but but you have to hear what I didn't say. I didn't say she had a perfect husband, but I know by the grace of God she's got a good one. I, I I say I don't. That is not to be arrogant, but I live that way. Do you understand? I have to be accountable to God. This isn't something we just have to, like, oh, okay, God said that? Okay, well, I'll get to it if I can. No, no, this is life. Life. I'm breathing as a result of Him. And He says all of us who know Him have been prepared for good works. Good works. And so part of that is me being a husband. First of all, being a man of God, who happens to realize that she is God's daughter and not just my wife. Oh, y'all ain't heard that. That's not even today's sermon, but I might, I might have preset. Nope. Don't force me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a different view when you realize that she's God's daughter. And you haul around calling her your wife. I mean, this is the woman that God has given you. You kidding me? What kind of pomp and circumstance would you give to one whom God has placed in your life? Come on, man. Say amen. Help me with this now. Come here. I didn't always see this. I'm telling you. For me, it was about being right. I wanted to be right in my household. That was very early on in my, my marriage to her, in our marriage. I had to be right. Until one day across the... Uh, um, yeah, well, <laughs> sounds like... No, no. In the... What's the... Isle. Okay, yeah. The island? Isle? Isle. Okay, okay, okay. You don't have to scream. I got it. I got it. No. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, here, move on here, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so, so we were going to talk about an issue that had come up, and I had the most recent information. So you know how I'm feeling about myself. She hadn't gotten home from work just yet, and so right in the aisle, which was the heartbeat of our home, uh, I was there. In fact, I was downstairs when she came in. I'm looking forward to having a conversation because I got, I got the goods. And so, 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 so I'm coming up, stairs. And we begin this conversation, and um, then the Holy Spirit showed up. Now, I hadn't counted on him. I hadn't counted on him in that moment. And uh, my thoughts were already rolling about how the attorney was going to lay this out. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit says, you do realize that's God's daughter over there you're talking to, right? Oh, I'm, you're talking about conviction on the spot. And she'll remember this. I went back downstairs. The second part of that question is the statement that the Holy Spirit made to my heart. And I pray that you all will lock in on this. God wasn't concerned about, about me being right in my household. He called me to be righteous in my household. So you've got to check that pride and all of that garbage at the door to be righteous in his household. 
Somebody say amen. Then. Don't get quiet on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went. <laughs> so I went on downstairs and I typed up this thing on my computer and I made it like seventy-eight font. It was like huge. I wrote, Jesus is Lord of this moment in my life. Printed it out, hauled it back upstairs, and put it right on the refrigerator where all of the highways and byway traffic of anything that could hop off, that's a constant reminder to me. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And so when we understand that he is the one that's giving that to us, he's giving us, quote, life, oh, Thanksgiving comes easy. Giving thanks comes easy. Giving. Okay, okay. So, so loving one another. Loving one another. Go across these aisles. I hope when you come in next week and that both the services are not together. Not every Sunday, right? Both not, not every. And so you come every, you come every week. I hope that some of you will be sitting over there and you meet some new pew mates. Yeah, and then some of you will be sitting on there. I know this is a, I mean, this is going to be traumatic for some of you. Harold, we're not going over there because we sit over here every Sunday and I'm not going. No, risk it. Risk it. It's worth it. Keep him on, on, on top about trying to figure out whether people are missing or whether they're just sitting on the other side of the church. Yeah, keep him active. Anyway, anyway, okay, so for the love of the saints, listen, listen, I am so reminded of a picture that we get of Jesus in action of the uh, Acts chapter 2 church. And they didn't have enough, they didn't have uh, social media. They didn't have uh, IT going or, 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 or technology going like we have it today. So we can bury ourselves in that stuff and not have to do anything human at all. But that's not how God designed us, and that's where the struggle and the stress comes from. I mean, we'll do that, commun- we'll do that uh, monitor thing until we look. We have that look. You can tell people who sat in front of monitors for a while. They got that look, the monitor look. <laughs> and you're trying to talk about important stuff to them. But they, they weld in the monitor look. And you can't even get in there. And don't let this start happening. Oh, my Lord. That could even be, a, it could be, uh, I mean, I've seen some, some, some youth do with a cell phone. I didn't think it was even possible. <laughs> with one hand. I'm not, yeah, I am. No, I'm not. I'm not attacking social media and all of its uh, uh, hang-ups. But what I am saying, because it, it can be useful. Got it. I got it. I got two texts this morning from my children who couldn't find some shoes <laughs> that I moved. I, I, so, okay. <laughs> so that was done through social media. I just want to let you all know that. But what I am saying is, Put those aside and let's start doing this one-on-one stuff that God has called us to do so we can really get the feeling and know what people are going through in life. That it's not just, okay, we did church and we went home. Listen, a great example of it in, in John's day uh, in the epistles of, of, of First and Second and Third John. John says, listen, there's much more I want to say to you, but I don't want to use pen and paper to do it. That was, his, that was his social media that day. What he was saying, the principle, he said, I want to do this. I want to have some encounter with you. I want to be face-to-face with you. And we should. Man, people come to church and we ask how you're doing, and before you can get the answer out, they're on to somebody else. (laughs) 
To the point we start moving when people start heading our way. And I, man, I hope they don't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> and they, they find ways not to be able Let me tell you something. That is ministry. That's Ephesians 4.12, if you've ever seen it, when, when the gift in the church equips you to do the work of the ministry, the ministry is that you get filled with the Word of God and you begin exchanging the Word of God between you, amongst you. How a word fitly spoken to encourage and strengthen and build up the body of Christ here. Build up the body of Christ for what? So that when it goes out those double doors and the world beats them down because they're trying to tell them about Jesus, not because they're woefully pit, pit, pitying themselves, but because, I mean, get beat down because you're sharing the gospel. Don't get beat down because somebody else is having a bad day. Listen, you know what I deem myself as under the calling of God? I'm a welcome mat. Now, if you think about the use of a welcome mat, you'll understand what that means. People wipe their feet on a welcome mat before entering into your home. But I've been called to be a welcome mat. I can be that. You can wipe your feet on me. It's okay. Because I know by the grace of God, by the Word of God, He has taught me how to wash feet. Yeah, bring them, bring them on in. We've got to get that way among one another. Oh, my Lord. Listen, I, I, this is not that day, but I would love to. Uh, don't get all hung up on the fact that black people and white people can't get along. That's a big-time myth. That's a big-time myth. Wash feet. Because when you hear the, the woes, the ills, the hurts, the pain, just in this room, and everybody in here predominantly looks the same, I'm saying, if you start ministering to that, it'll take you past all that other stuff that the culture wants you to get hung up on. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, power ten. Oh, because the day is coming. A change is going to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. The day of comfort and complacency is over with. You can't turn the TV on at CNN, Fox News, MSN, NBC, none of that stuff, and not realize that the day is changing. There is a radical voice in the street that is screaming not for uh, distinction. I mean, uh, uh, distinguishing or, or uh, distinguishing. What am I saying when I say put out a fire? Extinguish. Extinguish. Okay, yeah. Not, not a voice that is saying extinguish, but one is that's screaming at the top of their lungs for Jesus. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Listen, listen. I spent too much time on extinguish. No, look, listen, listen, listen. The voice in the street says we've got to do this so that everybody gets along, but that's not going to answer the problem in the street. Jesus is the only one that's going to answer the problem in the street. And when we grab that, get that, and we've been practicing that in Old Power Tent, and it rolls out these doors, let me say, did Jesus get rejected? Go out and be rejected for the cause of Christ. I'm giving you permission to go out and be rejected for the cause of Christ. Some of you should roll up into government right here in Power Tent and love them in Jesus and just pray with them. So one day you might see them walk across those doors. Because the answer is not going to come from brilliant, listen, depraved minds. The same mind that's causing the problem cannot be the same mind that solves it. Oh, I'm preaching this thing now. Yeah, I'm preaching this thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that mind needs some impact. That, that mind can only get when they see the love one to another. What did Jesus say? This, by this shall men know that you are my disciples, is that you love one another. For those of you keeping notes, that's John 13, 34, 35. Find it right there. And, 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 and then finally, which is not really finally, but I like to say that because there are plenty of people in here that want to hear that word. 
keeping it real, brother. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. He says, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists among you, and the love for the saints, do not cease, do not cease listen, giving thanks. Here was Paul giving thanks. He was giving thanks for the operation of Jesus Christ in the church of Ephesus. And if I, I, I know that this couple has experienced it, and they're not the only ones, but anytime that you're at the uh, helm and at the lead of ministry that, that they're in, it is just good and encouraging and strengthening to know that Jesus is alive and well out there when you hear the testimonies in other places. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and, 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 and this is New Testament, so they're doing it at a time when, when there wasn't a whole lot of Jesus in the land. People were still holding fast to Judaism and, and, and ways of men's, if you will, the traditions of men, that they didn't know the supernatural God called Jesus Christ and that he was able to live among the churches. And so when, when, when they're ministering like that, just to know. And let me tell you something. Because when we go to meetings and stuff, we see testimonies from across the state of how and where SBC, SBCD churches are doing great and powerful things. It, your name has come up on numerous occasions, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Because Jesus is at work in this place. Paul says, I give thanks. I give thanks. Sometimes when... <laughs> Um, when we have problems with home stuff, like um, I'll, I'll close it, but don't let it fool you. Um, <laughs> we had air conditioning problems, <laughs> air conditioning problems, or I got a oh my goodness gracious, somebody might be able to help set me free here because I know it's there and I don't let it bother me. I try not to let it bother me. I've got somebody that's coming to check it. I've got this seasonal woodpecker that's just gotten me. <laughs> I'm going to need deliverance. I know I am. <laughs> because, I'm, you know, well, anyway, just when stuff like that goes around, I'll, I, I, I'm, I'm turned to uh, Philippians chapter 4 real quick. I'm going to help you all with some of this right now. This is, going, this is going to set somebody free in here today, I hope. Not part of the message, but I think you ought to go there. Real Philippians chapter 4 and verse Ah, oh, God says, Amen. Yeah, well, my Lord, she read it already. <laughs> listen, listen. And, 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 and that, that happens right in here right now. I'm telling you, take hold of this. Take hold of this message to you. Be anxious for nothing. There are, I know that if we got a chance to look at everybody's anxious list right now, and it was made known up on the screen, we could see everybody's, some of you would go, ooh, my goodness. That's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. But, but he says, this is not optional. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things. With prayer. And what is that other word? And then there's another one that follows. With thanksgiving. Let your need be made known. And here's what has held me at bay with the woodpecker. Because 
I came to, we were, uh, my father-in-law, who, who's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, lived down in Midlothian. We were down visiting, and this is kind of funny, but it's not funny, but it's funny. We were down visiting, and I look up in the big, he's got a huge, was that an oak tree? Some big tree in the, I mean, huge tree. You could tell it had been there for like centuries. And in the tree, I saw uh, my brother-in-law's baseball bat. <laughs> Way up in the tree. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, how did that happen? Well, the squirrels. <laughs> the squirrels were coming down and, and eating the bird seed that he was putting out for the birds. <laughs> And bless God, one day he was going to put an end to that. <laughs> and I don't even know. I guess he tossed it. Somebody tossed a baseball bat up there after it. And it just stuck up there. <laughs> I said all of this to say, I have been held at bay because of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Whenever stuff doesn't go the way you want it to go and you expect it to go or would like for it to go, through everything, God is doing a work in you in that. You understand? He's doing a work in you. Let him do that work. And then, here's the real key to growth. Here's the real key to maturity in Christ. Give him thanks for it. Give him thanks for it. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for your presence in this room today. Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity to give thanks to you. And Father, there are so many things that we want to think about and that, that we do think about to give thanks to you. But Lord... We just want to thank you first of all and foremost for our salvation. We thank you, Lord God. Father, may that word mean more than just an event that took place in our life, but may it become our very life. Father, we thank you for your truth that sustains us and keeps us. And now, Lord, as we wrestle with this word, as we let this word sink within us, as we learn the need to love one another, Lord, and to be thankful for our salvation, and, Father, that we would tell others about you. Show us, Lord, how to give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're